The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Rockheads, S slash whatever you are doing slash and listen up slash G, it's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Jeff Maciolik, here to announce show number 195 with guest Roy Oshiro, recorded live Thursday, September 14th, 2006. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and now offering a whole suite of on-site and remote classes in .NET 2.0 technologies. Online at www.franklins.net. And by Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications. Online at www.telerik.com Support is also provided by Developer Express, crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress.com And by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com And now, the man who holds no responsibility for any errors in the regex I wrote, Carl Franklin! Thank you, thank you very much. Thanks, Jeff, and welcome back to .NET Rocks. We're here this week uh, with Richard Campbell and myself, Carl Franklin. I am in New London, Connecticut, halfway between Boston and New York. Richard is in Vancouver, British Columbia. Hi, Richard. Hello, sir. How are you? I am doing fine. You right know, I'm not halfway between anything per se. The way I usually describe Vancouver is, well, to the west we have the ocean, and to the north we have the mountains, and mountains to the east as well, and Americans to the south, so we're boxed in. Yeah, and you have Alaska up there to your northwest. That's a long way up. You know, people forget that British Columbia is as big as California, but only yeah. has a tenth of the population. It doesn't look that way on the map because of the, uh, what do they call that, uh, the, the effect when the, you know, the... The top of the globe gets shrunk. Uh, I'm going to guess the Mercator distortion. Yes, I think that's it, Richard. You know, that's probably something you heard once, <laughs> you know, in high school, and you've retained that information. That's friggin' scary, dude. Oh, man. You are a scary, scary man. Well, uh, hey, before we get going here, we got a few announcements to make. First of all, we man, we got a love email. Oh, huh? no. We got an email from one Elena Lawrence who just can't help uh, but gush. Listen to this. And, you know, we don't get these very often, so we like <laughs> to read them when we can. Dear DNR guys, I am having such a blast listening to .NET Rocks. You're doing a great job. Thanks. 
There are so many things I enjoy about the show. The content is very pertinent. The guest list. How cool to hear from the people whose names I see everywhere. The conversational format is fun and easy to listen to. You have obviously done your homework for each show because you pick the right people to talk to, and you convey a combination of knowing a lot yet learning something at the same time. Have I raved enough yet? The production quality is excellent. The show sounds great, except for the occasional bad phone connection. DNR is the best quality technical podcast that I have heard, period. Even the little details are taken care of, like when I download a show, the file has a relevant file name and the properties include a description of the show. What I really love is the combination of passion and irreverence that you and the guests bring to the show. Your enthusiasm for software development has jacked up my enthusiasm level, too. I work for an industrial equipment manufacturer with a small software department, and we're not on the cutting edge of software development, yet we need to stay abreast of what is happening out there, and your show really helps. Also, I love your support for VB. The outward simplicity of that language is a great underappreciated strength, yet I have to admit I have jumped ship to C-sharp. What else? I watched an episode of DNR-TV for the first time this week, Venkat Subramaniam on .NET Gotchas. It was excellent also. At one point in the show, I had a good laugh when Carl grabbed control of the mouse to make his own point. That is so real life. Love it. But DNR is the podcast... Uh, but DNR the podcast is still my favorite because I can listen to it anywhere, whereas DNR TV means I have to find time to sit down and watch it. .NET Rocks has reminded me of how fun technology, software, and work can be. I do appreciate it. Best to you all, Elena Lawrence. Elena, you are getting a hoodie. <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty big gush. I think we better order up some flames just to counteract all that love. Yeah, you know, we used to do that a lot. We, uh, in fact, during one uh, period, I guess you would call it our dark period. <laughs> we 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 were getting a lot of you know nice emails like that one, and we just said, you know, let's try something different. Somebody flame us. And, you know, we had a couple of people send in, you guys suck. And that was it. And we sort of encouraged people to be a bit more creative. And we got some really good ones. Why don't we do that again, Richard? Yeah, I bet. That's a fine idea. So if you're feeling ambitious, energetic, and pissed off, go ahead and send a flame to us at .NET Rocks at franklins.net. Hey, uh, we got some announcements, of course, about upcoming events. Of course, yes. we're going to be in Bulgaria October 9th and 10th at DevReach, www.devreach.com. This is a conference going on. By the way, I just found out that uh, uh, Bulgaria, along with Romania, is being admitted into the European Union in yes, February. And in fact, they're closing off the admission process after this. So congratulations for Bulgaria, because I don't think there's going to be any, anybody else in the near future. Yeah. Very good, very much congratulations. We'll be in Bulgaria, as I said, on October 9th and 10th for DevReach. Telerik is involved in that conference. A lot of high-power speakers are speaking. Uh, also, we're going to be at the Tulsa Tech Fest, Saturday, October 14th. Uh, you and I are going to be there. Mark Miller is going to be there talking. A lot of high-power speakers are going to be there. So if you're in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area around October 14th, go to TulsaTechFest.com and check that out. Also... Last but not least, the uh, you know Juval Lowy and the guys at iDesign have put together a .NET 3.0 2006 roadshow 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, we just found out about this a little while ago. We're pumping it up. It's coming to a city near you this October. There's simply no substitute for being trained by the world's leading experts in any subject. The same holds true for the .NET 3.0 framework. Three powerhouse speakers, Juval Lowy, Michelle LaRue Bustamante, and Brian Noyes, go on a multi-city roadshow, uh, net3roadshow.com. That's number three, net3roadshow.com, in October for Dr. Dobbs Journal. They offer profound insight on the technology and its applications with material that goes well beyond anything that can be found using conventional training sources, often presenting original techniques and breakthroughs. In addition to the frontal presentations, they use numerous conceptual demos and original tools and utilities. The demos are useful not only in the seminar, but afterwards serving as a starting point for new projects and as a rich reference and samples resource. This is one roadshow you won't want to miss. Register today with a promotional code 6RBLOG and save $200. You can do that at www.net3roadshow.com. Good luck, guys. That sounds like an awesome, awesome value. Oh, and I got a note here that says if you need more information about that uh, particular tour, the Net3 Roadshow, uh, contact Jenny Searles at jsearles at cmp.com. That's J-S-E-A-R-L-E-S at cmp.com. And speaking of uh, roadshows, we are hightailing it over to uh, TechEd Barcelona in November. But we don't want to go alone. We don't want to go alone. So we have decided to give away not just a ticket to TechEd, which costs umpteen thousand euros or whatever it is, but also airfare. And we didn't stop there. We're also going to put you up in the hotel. Richard Mm -hmm. and I, we're doing that for you. Yes, sir. The reason that we did this is because, first of all, they, you know, they came to us and said, hey, guys, we'd like your help in spreading the word about TechEd Europe, developer. Right. We said, sure. And, you know, we had been wanting to uh, get some demographic data from some of our listeners, get a good sample, find out who our listeners are. We did this with a tablet PC contest a couple years ago, and uh, we're doing it again. We also want to find out how many people are sharing their files uh, that they download to try to get an accurate uh, user listener base number in our advertisers like that. So, you know, just to pay you back for the the grunge work of going through and answering those questions, which is really only like one and a half pages of questions. <laughs> really. It's only, it's only a few. Just que- a little question. Actually, Just it's like one. only three questions. I think it's really, really not much. Then you can, uh, uh, enter the contest to win. Now here's how it works. First of all, you can learn more about tech ed Europe developer at shrinkster.com slash H H H. Even if you live in the States, you are eligible to win this contest. We'll send you from New York. We'll send you from Los Angeles, California. We'll send you from Japan. We don't care. Just just go and uh, doesn't matter where you live now. If you want to go to this uh, all expense, not all expense, but most expense paid uh, trip to Barcelona, Spain. So um, basically, it's November 7th to 10th. You can go to the contest sign up page at dotnetrocks.com slash Barcelona or shrinkster.com HHI. As we said, register once. We'll ask you for some demographic data. You can then enter once per week with one email address per week. And we're going to ask you a question about last week's show. That's right. Actually, about the current week's show. So you got to listen to the the show, and then you uh, put in your answer. We'll draw a winner every week, and winners get their choice of swag 
from our useless crap store. You basically get your pick, anything you want in our store. Take the hoodie. The hoodie's the, the best. The hoodie's the best, yeah. On a, <laughs> <laughs> although the mugs, you know, of course. Mugs the most popular. Most popular item. Uh, on October 24th, we're going to pick a winner from all the weekly winners. And uh, by the way, last week's question was, what is the only .NET library that salamander.net does not link? The answer? Mm-hmm. MS CoreLib DLL. Of course. And everybody got this right. There wasn't one <laughs> wrong answer. Uh, and the winner, which we picked at random from the people who had the right answers, is Milton Lopez. Milton from Baldwin, New York. Milton, congratulations. Way to go, Milton. Yep, we'll be contacting you shortly. And we also had uh, other winners. This is winner number four, week number four. We'll have another winner next week. It could be you. And you could be in the running for the big prize. Wouldn't you like to go to Barcelona? Come with us. We're fun. Yeah. Okay, let's get on to our guest, Roy Oshirov, longtime listener, first-time guest. He's the principal of Team Agile. Roy has spent the past decade developing and architecting software solutions for various companies in Israel and Europe. He's a Microsoft MVP and writes regularly on .NET. Agile Development Technologies, and other geeky stuff on his blog, and various other places, such as MSDN Magazine. Roy is also a regular presenter at Microsoft conferences, such as TechEd Europe and Israel, Dev Days, and user groups in Israel and Europe. Roy is one of the leading voices for Agile development in Israel, and is the founder of the Agile Israel Users Group, Israel's first and only Agile-dedicated user group. Roy's the principal of Team Agile, teamagile.com, and I guess that's a Shrinkster uh, I9F right there, Roy? Mm -hmm. A consultancy located in Israel dealing with Agile development methodologies, .NET architecture and design, and mentoring developers. Roy's blog is at iserializable.com. Welcome, Roy. Hi. It's exciting to be here. What a great domain name, iserializable.com. Awesome. Yeah. It actually has a great meaning um, because, you know, uh, blogs are through RSF feed, which are XML. So I am serializable through XML, my thoughts. Wow. <laughs> I know, very, very geeky. I agree. Oh, it's such a great domain, Dave. Now, you've been cited before on .NET Rocks a couple of times. Uh, in Hansel Minutes, Scott's talking talks about you a lot, especially when regex comes up, uh, regular expressions. You um, You write very hardcore technical stuff about .NET. How long have you been uh, interested in technology in general? Well, I think like most of you guys, uh, I've been interested in it since I was a kid, you know, at my father's computer, and I was, you know, connecting to BBSs, uh, mostly in Israel, because we didn't have a lo um, long lines up to the uh, United States would cost a lot of money. But we would have, you know, sysops and stuff like that, and BBSs, and, you know, using telex. If you know that right. program, I sure. remember um, Talix. Yeah, and but but professionally, I've I've only started doing it after I was um, uh, released from um, mandatory military service here in Israel, and that's where I started to learn Visual Basic. And after that, I, start, I started working in various companies, uh, moved on to .NET, and I've always been interested in the more internal facets, such as you know. Uh, in VB6, I did the whole um, applications that did scripting inside out and all that comm stuff. 
moved my way up to a little bit C++, Java, and but .NET is mostly what I do these days, especially architecture. I do find myself doing a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, everything. I'm a, sort of a jack-of-all-trades because I do also uh, user interface, uh, database design, um, class library design, performance testing. I really do try to do everything but specialize on a few uh, key topics. Yeah. Uh, on a very deep level, and you—it's funny that you started in VB. You know, there there are very few of us, I think, that you know that uh, that stick with the really technical stuff. You know that uh, that started out in VB. I don't know if there are very few of us, but it seems like we're a dying breed, man. Well, I don't know. Um, I mean, I do get sometimes laughed about it, but I, I take it very seriously. VB was and will always be my first love in, in programming. And, you know, to these days, I do a lot of VB.net, although I do a lot of C-sharp as well. And yeah. I'm a VB MVP. Right. So um, uh, VB is a serious language, and it's just a matter of taste and, you know, what your previous knowledge was. You can basically do everything with it. It's a great language. I, I can't agree more. Um, regular expressions uh, seems to be an area that you've really dove into quite head first. Um, you've done a lot of writing about it. You've written utilities. Let's start with, you know, what regex is and why anybody should care about it. I mean, you can. We've been programming computers for years without it. Why is it so cool? Well, regex is basically short for regular expressions. Um, I like to think of it as a SQL uh, for text. That is, that it's something that allows you to query a part of long text or uh, very, very intricate queries into text. And it allows you to retrieve information. It allows you to change information. Um, and it's very, very uh, hardcore way of doing stuff that without this tool library, uh, whatever it is, it would take you a long, long time to do stuff that uh, you'd think would take you much less. For example, validation. Um, for example, parsing uh, parts of text. Or one of the uh, easiest things you could think of are uh, site scraping. You know, a lot of spammers actually use that, so you can do a lot of evil with it as well. But, uh, <laughs> that, isn't that the measure of a good technology, how badly you can abuse it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you can definitely use it badly. Um, it's interesting that you hear you say you can do both validation and string parsing. Validation is something that probably a lot of listeners and a lot of ASP.NET developers have used regex for, maybe without even knowing too much about regex, using the validation controls in ASP.NET. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah. but it takes that extra step to go use a regex object you know, specifically, it's one thing when you're picking a regular expression from a dialog box, but to go use a regex object and then do a match and actually have to figure out what those little... Mark Dunn used to say that uh, regular expressions look like a cartoon character swearing. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree, I agree. It's kind of cryptic. And a lot of developers, when they look at regex syntax for the first time, are swearing a lot as well. So it, <laughs> it's perfectly fitting. Um. So I think uh, if, if, if the question was why would you be interested in regular expressions at all, the answer would be that uh, sometimes they could save you a lot, a lot of time. And it's important to know them because they help you um, 
sometimes in ways you didn't even think about in, in places where uh where regular expressions match perfectly um for example parsing log files and so on but it's just a a, a pretty simple language a uh, syntax that you can use and once you know it uh, in one place you can use it a lot of other places and people just don't know about it they're afraid of it because they they think it's like black magic it really isn't um, I did a talk at Tech at last year about regular expressions, and I tried to show from the basics how to do basic parsing and matching using uh, one of the tools that I built. And, you know, within 10 minutes, people knew enough to do 90% of what they want to do in, with regular expressions. You, so it's you, really that easy. You just need to uh, take the time and learn it. You mentioned the tools that you build, and I noticed that on September 10th, you released a new version of Regulazy. Yeah. Um, what is that? So uh, I built uh, two tools for uh, developers who would like to use regular expressions. One of them is called the Regulator, which was released in 2004, and I haven't updated it since. It's a long story. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Um, but Regulazy is my, la my latest um, attempt at writing something that developers could use uh, to write regular expressions uh, easily. And the idea behind this tool is that you don't really need to know the syntax of the regular expression. Mm -hmm. You just need to know what you're looking for, uh, and you give the uh, program instructions on how to parse specific parts of the text. For example, you give it some, some sentence, and then you select part of the sentence, and you right-click on them. And when you right-click, the program asks you, well, when you select this word, for example, would you like me to try and match? And then it gives you various possibilities. For example, oh. uh, one or more letters, or what you selected fits also uh, exactly two numbers. Or it looks like a date pattern. Would you like me to try and match a date pattern on it? And so you go through the various parts of the text, and you uh, right-click and choose a rule to match against. And what you get... Um, automatically is a regular expression based on the rules that you chose. Mm. So all you need to do is find a place in uh, in the text that you would like to find, put it inside the program, and start selecting parts of it and saying, yeah, what I want is a word that's exactly five letters long followed by a space. But all you do is right-click, select, and right-click, and the program does the rest for you. So that's good enough for like 90% of the regular expressions you write. This yeah. is just the, I have the app running on my machine and I think it's the coolest thing. It's exactly how you describe it. Reg you lazy. You don't need to understand regex. Yeah. Just mark up your text the way to tell me what you need to do with it. I'll write your regex for you. It's pretty yeah, awesome. So it's like a, an expert system, uh, sort of. And I got the idea from my wife who's actually learning, uh, you know, computer science and she was learning the prologue course. And she was writing a, an exercise that has to build an expert system for something. And I got the idea from that because it's a system that uses an expert to help uh, a non-expert user know what to do. So mm. it uses probabilities and uh, rules uh, to make better judgments of what to do next. Mm. Nice. So it's just like you have an expert sitting with you and you say, well, I want to match this word every time I look at it. So the expert would say, well, are you trying to match several letters or a date pattern? Or it looks like you're right, uh, trying to match, uh, you know, um, two numbers uh, with a dot between them. Mm. So is that what you want to find? 
So that's exactly the, the idea. Roy, I'm also curious as to how you got this little screen video in a 94K animated GIF. <laughs> um, I use Camtasia. So Camtasia will spit have, out uh, an animated GIF? Yeah, the Camtasia um, Studio, uh, it has an advanced option that lets you output to a GIF file. Such a cool program, isn't it? I agree. and It's, it's yeah. a great tool. And, and, you know, I found that I usually don't use help. Uh, with programs, yeah. So all I did with regulate is put various uh, buttons named "huh" on them uh, <laughs> with a question mark. When you click on them, you just see a movie. There's no sound. It just tells you what you should be doing next. It's just um, so cool. So uh, I think it, it, it's easier to understand how the program should work that way. I think all help files should be that way, don't you? <laughs> <sighs> if only. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting to realize, uh, here we are as experts, and we're highly resistant to help files, but we have identified help that actually helps. It is possible to write help that helps. All right, so getting back to regular expressions, why wouldn't you use, like, string.split instead of, uh, why wouldn't you use that instead of a regular expression to split a string? Well, uh, to understand that, we need to understand exactly what's so powerful about regular expressions. So... When I said you can use it just like you, you do queries on a database, mm-hmm. um, you can do very, very uh, difficult queries on a piece of string. Mm-hmm. For example, you'd like to find, well, first of all, I'd just like to mention that everyone who's listening to this show has used regular expressions before. Whenever you've um, uh, typed Control-F and tried to find a file, so you wrote um, star.txt, for example. Yeah. That's a very, very basic form of regular expression with very, very simple rules. So here, the star represents everything to, a, to any degree, to any amount. .txt represents exactly what you're looking for. Hmm. In regular expressions, this is taken to another level. So you can say not only I want to find anything, I want to find anything that looks like this, but that... Um, appears or does not appear before something else. It has to appear a specific number of times. Um, for example, some of the, the most basic rules uh, are those of uh, amounts. You can say that you're looking for exactly zero or one letter, digit, or whatever uh, piece yeah. of text. You can have many optional characters. Or you can say, I'm looking exactly for three to five characters. A range. So if you have, exactly, a range. And, and then you can say, well, I'm, this is optional, the whole range. And if it appears before something else, that's, for example, three characters, two numbers, then don't match it at all. But if it appears for, after something, then find it. So it's very, uh, it's pretty hard to explain it via phone. No, sure. But, it's just a super hyper <laughs> formatting discovery and validation tool. Do you know the same way you, you describe regex as uh, SQL for text? You know, you don't have to use SQL to query databases either. You could mm-hmm. be doing your own looping and pulling the data together and parsing it yourself and so on. But why? Right. Why not use the querying language and the resources available to you? Here's yeah. a language designed to do this efficiently so that you don't have to do all the little housekeeping bits around getting your data together. Now, it also does searching and replacing, right, Roy? Exactly. Um, well, I think the, 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 the most profound example of a regular expression that actually works 
with a lot of validation is the one that searches for emails. Mm, right. Um, so to search for a real email in a validation box, a real email can contain a lot of things that you wouldn't even thought are possible. Right. So there are like 30 or 40 different rules that an email can do and cannot do. Um, so you can write in one line of code something that validates all these rules instead of writing a whole class with hundreds of lines of code that makes sure that the email is somehow valid. That's how strong it is. So you can actually replace whole classes with like a couple of lines of code if you have the right regular expression, which is both good and bad. Right, I got to tell you a story. Uh, when I started teaching Visual Basic 6.0, I guess maybe might even been 5.0 at the time, back in the or the late 90s, I guess. The uh, one of the things in my class that I did was I had people write an application that looked through this text file from a from an inbox in I can't remember what it, what the email program was, but it was some email program that uh, a customer gave me, they gave me their inbox file, basically, and they said, okay, we want to mine all of the email addresses for people who have sent us email, right, from this inbox. Mm -hmm. So um, I said, okay, here's your, here's your project, is to write an application that goes through and finds all the email addresses. And I gave them some very simple criteria, you know, an at sign and then a space on either side with a dot after the at sign, just a couple of rules, nothing, you know, crazy. And, you know, they would spend the better part of the afternoon writing this, doing this project. And it's just so cool to see, you know, a tool that can do all that without having to go into such horrible, you know, if-then statements, nested looping, and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And it's important to realize that you don't have to invent the wheel yourself. There are a lot of regular expressions out there that are ready for you to use. So you can go to a site like regexlib.com. I love regexlib. Yeah. And it, there are just like hundreds and thousands of regular expressions people have written for you. For example, to validate a phone number for Florida or to val validate a social security number or pretty much whatever you, you usually use in IT applications, most likely you'll find it there. And so that, that's exactly how easy it should be. You know, you just use a pattern that someone has already used use it in your application, and you're done. Of course, that's also a bad thing because no one can read regular expressions. So. <laughs> that's so true. So if you give the application to someone else and they didn't write it, they don't know regular expressions, which is 99% of the people, um, they would look at your code and say, well, what, are, what do uh, these two lines do? Can you R tell me? Roy, I'm going to ask yeah. you about uh, compiled regex, but first I'd like to mention that uh, this portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our friends at Telerik, Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for Windows Forms and ASP.NET applications, and you can find them online at www.telerik.com. We're back with Roy Oshirov. Roy, what about compiling regex or compiled regex? This is actually a new one on me. What's what's the difference between compiled and non-compiled reg regular expression? Well, uh, the, there's actually a regex a library inside .NET, which is simply simply an, uh, an object model that you can use. And running uh, a match 
that is finding something using regular expressions. It's just a, a, a uh, the act of calling a method on the class called regex. And um, the more complicated your regular expression is, and the more, the longer your text is, usually the longer it will take to actually run this match or yeah. various matches. Um, so uh, a compiled regex is the idea that the first time you run the regular expression, it uses code generation um, underneath to generate a small class, a small assembly that uses your pattern, the pattern that you use, the, the text that you used to match the regular expression with, and it builds a small method that is hard-coded to search with this specific pattern. Hmm. And that means that the next time that you call with this specific pattern, it will take much, much less time um, uh, than it did the first time. So it's just like uh, when the first time you run a SQL query, um, the second time that you run it, it's actually cached in a way, so it takes less time. Same thing here. If you're going to use regular expressions, say, in a loop, it is a very, very long. I'll use them a lot in multiple threads or whatnot. It's a very good idea to use a compiled regular expression, and it's just uh, a flag that you send to the method uh, as part of the call to uh, to match or split or replace. It says, and use a compiled um, uh, flag here. So it will automatically use that assembly. Now, you say code generation. Is this something that uh, that's easy to do? Is, is there a library that exists out there to help you do it? Well, you don't do anything. It just works. You just use... Um, uh, you just send a flag called uh, regex.compile to the method. Oh, really? And it does everything behind the scenes. You don't do anything. It just works. Ah, this is built into the framework then. This is built into the framework. It's in a it's a na- nice space called system.text.regularexpression. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, I didn't even know about that. What a great tip. It really does speed up your program if you're doing a lot of regular expressions uh, in in tight loops. And, and you asked me before about replace and split and why, why is that better? Yeah. So just think that you can use all these rules that I, that I said before, all these very, very specific long rules, not only to find parts of the text, but to actually split the text based on these rules. And the string dot split, I think it just works with the specific chars, uh, with a, oh. a, a char array. And here you can actually use a pattern that Splits the text based on emails, for example, on whole emails. Oh yeah, sure. Or uh, and the replace thing is the most amazing thing that that I found with regular expressions. Because here's the thing: you can actually uh, take parts of the text when you write the pattern. The pattern is the basically think of it as the SQL query that you're sending to to search stuff. You can actually uh, tag parts of what the query finds with names. So you say, well. Uh, when I look for emails, I want that everything before the uh, the at sign, I want it. I want to give it a name, say um, I don't know um, username, and I want everything past the uh, at sign to have another name, uh, just a tag. I, I'll call it domain name. Sure. So now what I can do after I actually run the match, I can actually I get back. What I get back is not a string. I get back uh, an object model, a set of match objects. It's called a match collection. I can actually go through all these matches that I got and call match.groups 
and give and give the group name that I tagged before. Right. Okay, so just like I use a data row on a data set and I give the column name in, in, in uh, double quotes, same thing here. Just think about it as a column name. So I can actually go to part of my text based on a string that I gave before and just use that so I can query parts of my text, get it with a set of columns, uh, that's the easiest way to think about it, hmm. and use those columns instead of going through the matches and, and find out if this is the match that I was looking for. I want to find uh, the whole email, just part of the email, so I can actually get to part of my text using a name. So not only, not only that, now I can replace these parts with other parts. When I call regex.replace, I can actually replace parts of the text that I found with other parts of the text that I found. Hmm. That's the most amazing thing. So amazing. I can find all the email addresses and replace the username, okay? Right. With XXX, for example. Right. And that way I can like go through a whole document and just, you know, uh, mark all the usernames as XXX. That's the simplest way. But right. I can also go to a, uh, to a text and say, well, replace everything that is not an email with a blank space <laughs> and replace the username with uh, I don't know, uh, the lowercase idea of uh, a username, uh -huh. and, you know, just format the uh, format it like this. Just like XSLT, only on a much smaller scale, mm. but you can use the rules of regular expressions to, to change stuff. Um, uh, it's interesting because I used it uh, once to parse a log file, and the log file had various uh, fields, you know, the username and the time of day, of day and the hour and the second, and I used each line, and I replaced each line with the data from that line, but uh, formatted in a completely different way. You can actually put a, a name holders uh, on the replace argument. So there is a replace argument on the regex that says, well, what do you want to replace this with? So I can just give it a string, or I can give it a string that, ha uh, that has actually the group names that I used before. And say, mm -hmm. well, here I want you to plant the group name that you found and then plant a space, and after that, I want you to plant whatever the value of the other group that you found. Am I going to uh, no, no, too quick here? No, that's perfect. It sounds so you great. You can go and, and play with the text and modify it in ways that doing it in any other way would be hundreds of lines of code, if not thousands. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't want to do it that way. So, There's an article that I wrote on unnamed groups, which you can read, and I'll, I'll find a shrinkster... Okay. Link later. While you're looking for that, uh, let's talk about some of your other tools, uh, particularly mm -hmm. Expresso. What's Expresso? Yeah. Well, Expresso is not a tool that I wrote. It's the first tool that I used when I when I started learning regular expressions. Okay. And uh, I was based with I was faced with the task of parsing a log file, and I started to search for a tool that helps with .NET regular expressions. And Expresso is the first tool that I found. And it is a very, very helpful tool. I use it to learn regular expression. It helps you build the regular expression in a visual way um, using a click uh, interface. Um, you tell it what to search for, and you know, and it inserts the the, the syntax for you. Okay. Um, at some point, I, I discovered that that I some features are missing for me. For example, some reg regular expressions you can actually write that take a lot of time or that are actually deadlocked. They take so much time that uh, the application hangs. And huh. with Expresso, uh, 
you just you, the application was single threaded, so you just can close it. Um, and and other things like the user interface, I didn't like very much, but it was a very very nice program. Okay, so that's sort so of, I wrote my own. Yeah, that's what prompted you to write the regulator. Is that it? Exactly. So the regulator is a program that I wrote um, a couple of years ago, and it had everything that I missed in Expresso with some cool features that I uh, liked in other tools. Um, so uh, you can think of it about it as a mishmash of like five or six tools that I really liked and with the addition of some uh, stuff that I really wanted and didn't find anywhere else. So one of the things that he has is IntelliSense for regular expression. Oh, wow, and you uh, wrote this? Yeah, well, I didn't write the IntelliSense um, text box. I used a, a tool from SyncFusion, uh, uh, a control, but uh, the whole uh, notion of the syntax, when you write, for example, a slash, um, then you get an a IntelliSense box that tells you everything that you can write after a slash. It would be considered something as part of a regular expression. Cool. So slash W would mean uh, give me an alphanumeric uh, letter. Find me an alphanumeric letter. Or, or slash T is a find me a tab, and so on. Okay. And it's multi-threaded, and it has the ability to tell you in human words what you're matching. So if you're looking for uh, an email, it, you can actually pop up a window that says, um, you're you're trying to match uh, uh, um, any amount of letters followed by uh, an at sign followed by blah 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 blah. So it just uh, utters the words for you and tells you what you're doing, what the hell you're doing. So what's the difference between regulator and regulazy? Well, regulator is mostly for people who know what regular expressions are, who know the syntax, or who are not afraid to deal with it and who would like to write regular expressions that do splits, replaces, um, and, you know, modification, or to make sure uh, that the regular expressions work as fast as possible. The regulazy is there for the 80% rule, which is I want to find something, and I don't care how I should do it. I just want to do it. So it will work to write. Uh, it will work best if you were looking to write uh, regular expressions that try to find something, nothing more. It, it can't handle replacements. It doesn't do splits. It just writes something that, uh, a regular expression that helps you find parts uh, of text in a bigger part of text. Okay. That's basically it. And that's, 80, that's the 80% uh, rule for me. That's usually what I do. Because what I found is that when I use the regulator, the first thing I do is, for example, I want to parse uh, uh, an HTML file. I actually uh, copy-paste a piece of the HTML file into Regulator, and I say, okay, so here I'm looking for the star tag of, uh, of a link. So I'm going to re remove that and replace it with whatever is matching a star tag, right? Yeah. And then I'm going to continue up until I don't really have any real text. I just have something that, you, that represents what I pasted. It's just a matter for... Uh, 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 it's just easier for me to do it that way. And Regulator is based... On exactly on the way that I did it in Regulator. It just helped me do it automatically. Okay. So instead of me searching for the way to find a tag, it just, I just I can actually simply just select the tag, right-click, and says, well, are you looking for uh, a star tag? So, yeah, no. I'll just say, yeah, and it will replace it with the regular expression that matches the text that I've selected.
I, I could see you starting with Regulazy to get the initial expression together and then taking that over to Regulator to start doing more advanced work with it. That, that's my plan. That's my plan. When I, once I finish with Regulazy to a degree that I like it enough, uh, I'll, I'll integrate it into an IDE that does everything. And, but that's, you know, right now what I'm doing is I'm, I'm writing it small. I'm adding features every month and Regulazy is very new, right? It's 1.02. Yeah, it's three months old, basically. <laughs> and, you know, I've written it, you know, hands down in test driven manner. I used a lot of technologies that I didn't really know very well, like GDI plus. And there's a lot of painting going on inside of Regulazy that to highlight the text that you've selected and give it names and stuff like that, that I had to come to terms with. And it was, wasn't easy, but it took a lot of time. It, it, it strikes me as an application that the UI on it appears very simple, but there's lots of depth in it. It's very smart. Yeah. It's actually harder than I thought, much harder, because the idea is that you, um, um, well, you actually split parts of the text all the time, and you get, give each part meaning. So you have to have an application that knows every character, every part of character, where it's based, what it's a part of, it really needs to have a very, very um, complex object model beneath it to, to understand all the hierarchies and the connections between parts of the text. So that's something you don't have. I had to build all this stuff. Very hierarchical, very uh, recursive, everything related to everything else. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's what makes it hard to write this kind of code is that it is recursive. You have to, a lot of looping, a lot of reentry. Yeah. Um, well... Yeah, it's, it's recursive, but uh, I found that uh, using, you know, a unit test and so on, uh, it was much easier. So today, if I want to, you know, do changes in my code and so on, um, I can actually just run, you know, like 300 unit tests that I have so far and make sure that I didn't break anything. And there's a lot of logic. So if you change, like, one thing, you, you want to make sure that everything else still works, and there's a lot of logic there. Roy, are there, some, are there any other tools that you use besides the ones that you built yourself? Um for using regular expressions? Um, when I debug the regular expressions in .NET, uh, I use the regex visualizers, um, which didn't exist, so I wrote them. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> and they're based on the same code from, uh, regu- from the regulator, and you can actually uh, debug and, uh, and, and have a breakpoint on the regex object or on the match collection that you get from it. And you can um, visualize it using the debugger visualizers in Visual Studio 2005 mm. and actually see the hierarchy and the options that were used to match uh, these, uh, you know, to find the text and so on. It's just easier, especially if you didn't write that code. Yeah. And you want to know exactly what's going on there and what you find so far and why is it not working. So that's that's the hardest thing. That's, that, that's I think... Uh, the most important part of regular expressions knowing when not to use them because sometimes people use regular expressions just because they're there. It's true with a lot of technology, especially stuff that we're just learning about. Our, our, yeah, the way we are is we love to dive in and exercise the snot out of it for better or for exactly. worse. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I, I would rather do write two lines of code to do validation, you know, in two separate uh, checks instead of writing a very, very complex regular expression, the text, the same thing. I yeah. would much rather do that 
you know, and give the methods good names and so on, because it's just more maintainable that way. I mean, if it's if it's maintainability versus you know shortness, I will always go with maintainability, even if it's actually slower. So unless you prove to me that faster is better, you know, because that's the requirement from you, then uh, I will go with slower but more understandable. That's, uh, I'm with you. 99%. And I guess that's really the weakness of regex is that it, it is a write-only language. It's almost <laughs> impossible to take a really significant regex expression. If you don't know what's supposed to be fed to that, try to figure out what's being fed to it. Exactly. Well, on the other hand, once you learn it, I mean, yeah, it's a learning curve, but once you learn it, it becomes very, very powerful. I mean, I think, and, and probably less error-prone, too, than, you know, if it were more verbose, like SQL is. Well, it does become less error prone if you use tools to write it. But if you just look at it at the string of of the of the pattern in the code, no matter how much experience you have with regular expressions, it still takes a long time to figure out what you're doing. So what you could do, you could use the hash sign uh, inside your regular expressions to actually put comments on each line, and you can write it in a regular expression that is fairly readable but it's still not as readable as real code. So you really have to be careful and not overuse it. Just use it for these particular cases, and they will come. But if you find that you use regular expressions more than like 2% of the time, you're probably doing something wrong. That's, that's my rule of thumb. Roy, I want to ask you about, uh, you know, I want to ask you to give us a little regex tutorial, but first I want to announce that this portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Developer Express. Developer Express, crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress.com. Roy, uh... Is there any kind of tutorial that uh, on regex that you can give us uh, in five minutes or less that would be meaningful? Well, yeah, there there are basically two simple rules with regular expressions. A regular expression matches exactly what you write inside it. So if you write the letter A, it will try to find the letter A, and if you write A B C, it will try to find A B C. And the other rule is that if you want to match anything else or give something with a little more meaning inside your pattern, you just put a slash inside or a specific set of parentheses. That's basically it. So now all you have to know is whatever you write after the, 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 the slash, the backslash sign, is the rule that you're trying to find. So you can use backslashes for uh, shorthand. You can say... I want to find um, uh, an alphanumeric, which is a number or, or uh, you know, anything from the alphabet. Uh, you can just say uh, backslash W. If you want to find a digit, you can just say backslash D. So if I wanted to find three digits followed by any number of letters, I could basically say slash D, and then I could actually write three, slash D, slash D, slash D, and followed by slash W right? Mm-hmm. But how do I say any number of characters? That's where the uh, idea of accumulators is, is introduced. Accumulators say, uh, tell you exactly how much of something you're looking for. So by mm-hmm. default, you're looking for exactly one. If I write slash D, I'm looking exactly for one digit. But if I put 
uh, a dot after it, it means zero or, zero or more. Hmm. If I put a plus, it just means one or more. So there has to be exactly at least one. Hmm. And I can, and if I put a range that is a special parentheses, uh, curly brackets, basically, and I say three, it means exactly three. So if I wanted to say I want to find one or more letters, I just say uh, slash W plus. That's the easiest thing you can think of. Wow. That, that's how simple it can be. Now, the, the, uh, there's also a, um, a header and a footer on a, on a match string, right? Like um, I've seen them all, they all start with whatever and they all end with something. Well, well. I can say that what I'm looking for is the beginning of a line or the end of a line. So if I if I say out of all the text that you found I want to find the beginning of a line followed by three letters followed by the end of a line I have specific markers for that that's okay. the um power sign and the dollar sign so it's just a matter of knowing exactly what you're looking for um so these these are the most basic ones um you can actually say that you're looking once you know these you know 90% of what you need to know Wow, great. Okay, these are the building blocks. Um, you can also give them names, right? I'm looking for three letters, and I want to give this thing a name. There's a syntax for that. You just put that in a, in a, in a parentheses, and you say a question mark and uh, the name of the group that you're looking for. And followed by the regular expression that you wrote, like uh, slash D, um, curly brackets, three, right? So once you use it once, you know, well, that's pretty easy. Um, but if you never looked at it, it really does look like characters swearing. I agree. I agree. <laughs> now, of course, we're mostly talking about the implementation of regex in .NET. I have certainly dealt with regex in other environments and other operating systems. And one of the issues I've often banged into is there are a lot of versions of regex out there. Yes. <coughs> What's that all about? Um. Well, regular expressions were not invented in .NET, and they were not invented in Java. They were not invented in Perl. And here's the thing. Regular expressions are something which each language usually invents the wheel for. There is no one library um, from which everyone derives. Everyone has their own standards, although there are uh, a couple of basic standards that regular expressions usually implement. That's the POSIX standard. But we won't go into that too much. Um, what you need to understand for .NET, it only has one library of regular expressions. But for Java, you have like three or four that I know of. And mm. each of them implements um, the most basic things, but they have added value. So in .NET, you have named groups, but in Java, you don't have them. You can't name things. You can actually just go to the parts of the text using a number. Uh, the mm. same thing with Perl. You, do, you can't give it a name. But Perl has a more uh, robust uh, regular expression library. It's actually, from what I know, it's the the most powerful one. But not .NET is, I think, closely the close second. It really okay. is one of the most powerful regular expression libraries out there. Um, so, once, so once you know regular expressions, the most basic concept of a regular expression... Uh, you'll be able to transfer to to different languages, but the most complicated ones usually won't work. You'll have to find a different syntax how to do that. So you'll have to look up in the documentation and find out how to match these. Well, Perl, Perl for example, can actually integrate 
um, the actual Perl language inside uh, the regular expression pattern. So mm-hmm. in .NET, I actually have to give it a name using a string. But in Perl, I can actually use variables inside the regular expression uh, from huh. from Perl. It's just it's just more integrated into the language, just like um, link, uh, you know, um, L-I-N-Q. Yeah. SQL for objects and so on, is integrated into .NET instead of using the SQL query language. Um, so so is uh, so is this with Perl and so on. So yeah. there are many flavors. Uh, some of them work in a. There are two basic uh, ways which regular expressions do the parsing. We won't go into that too much. But if you really do want to go very, very deep into the heart of regular expressions, there's a great book that I recommend that's called Mastering Regular Expressions. That's at stringster.com.i9i. And it takes you from beginning to everything. Basically, you know everything you ever wanted to know (laughs) and never bothered to ask about regular expressions, how they work, why do they work like that, what's the difference between the different flavors, um, why why do some expressions work faster than others? How can you optimize them? It really is a great book if you want to learn why how things work, not just how to make things work. And uh, Dan Appleman also has a Mastering Regular Expressions ebook, which you can get at uh, shrinkster.com slash IAK. Uh, Roy, tell me about logparser.com. What's that all about? Um, logparser.com is uh, it's a tool that not a lot of people know about. Um, and it lo- it parses logs. Okay, that's the idea, and it's exactly like it's named. It's a tool from Microsoft, and it's maintained. Well, the site is maintained by Mike Gunderloy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy behind Larkware.com, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a tool that allows you to parse basically every log file uh, in existence that has a standard you know uh, output like wow. IAS logs and so on. Yeah. And it uses a SQL-like language to do the parsing, uh, to do the, uh, uh, the, the query. Um, and the reason I mention it, because a lot of people are trying to parse log files um, without knowing this tool, so they try to reinvent the wheel. And I'm the first to agree that if you have something working, don't reinvent it. Um, I agree. Log parser can be uh, a little... Uh, too much if you're just doing the very, very basic things, like, you know, parsing a line with, with, with just the limited. But if you're doing anything more and you have just a log that you want to use and it's, uh, something which is pretty standard, check out logparser.com, see if it's a, if it's a, a, a type of log that it can parse and try to use it. It's a very, very powerful tool. I've seen a lot of people, you know, their eyes brightened up when they first saw it and say, oh, my God, I've just missed so much of my time doing exactly this. <laughs> and yeah. it really does save a lot of time. And, okay. you know, Mike Gunderloy deserves a lot of credit. If there was a, a log parser MVP, he'd be the, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent. What are some other websites, uh, Roy, that you can point us to besides regexlib.com or .net which is a wonderful database online searchable database of regular expressions what else what Um, else is out there well there's regularexpressions.info that's a a site that uh, does a lot of basic uh, guides on how to use regular expressions the basic information there aren't a lot of great sites about regular expressions there are like 
I don't know, like three or four that I know of that can be actually usable for .NET developers. The rest are for Java and Perl and PHP. Um, now, why would that be? Is is it just because the syntax is different? Is that is that why? Why they're not usable? Yeah. Um, where they're not usable because the syntax is so different in PHP and Perl that that and you don't want to get bogged down with understanding the syntax of a different language while you're learning a different language. Yeah, anyway. I agree. Yeah. So you would want to use .NET and use something that you already know. So you you would use tools and uh, these couple of sites, and and you. Pretty, pretty much done. You don't really need a lot of other things. You usually use the tools to learn the regular expressions um, yeah. in, a, in a book. And, I didn't use anything else. And Roy, um, regexlib.net or .com, uh, has, uh, that is .NET syntax? Yeah, yeah. it uses uh, the uh, .NET regular expressions library, and it actually has an online testing tool that gives you, uh, you can actually uh, input a test input the text and a test pattern and see exactly how what what it matches. Wow! So it's just like an online testing tool without downloading anything and installing anything. So it's a really nice uh, uh, addition. And here's a nice thing, nice thing: regexlib.com actually exposes a web service to search regular expression. Awesome! So what I did when I built the regulator, I I put in uh, uh, a web search. Uh, form that allows you to search the regexlib database and import regular expressions into the tool. Oh, that's so, so cool. So you can actually just use them instead of going to the site, copy-paste and stuff. Um, I was going to ask you if you had any kind of database or repository, but that's even better because it just pulls it from the live Yeah, Yeah, the existing, exactly. Yeah. It just uses the live one. And it's, it's user contribution, so the more you contribute, the more everyone else benefits as well. So cool. Uh, so it's a, it's a great site, and I think one of the people who run it is Darren Name. He's another MVP for C Sharp, I think. And this guy uh, knows more about regular expressions than most people I do. You know, I know like uh, maybe half of what he knows. And he's the guy who helped me a lot when I was building the regulator and, you know, when we were integrating the web service. And, you know, he, he's a great guy. He does a lot of stuff at the community. And regexlib.com is just one of the lots of things he does. I think he did a, a, a site called projectdistributor.net, hmm. um, which, you know, allows hosting. It's kind of like Codeplex or, you know, for people who don't like Codeplex. So, Roy, um, you sort of have a reputation on the net as being a little uh, cantankerous sometimes. <laughs> you, God, uh, I wish I knew what that word meant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Just a little grumpy, maybe? You know, when, I'm grumpy. when something <laughs> bugs you, uh, you don't pull any punches in, in calling it out. So, um, yeah, have you okay. always, you, you like, I mean, you find that that has served you well? Um, well, I'm grumpy when something annoys me. I don't know. Uh, aren't most people? Uh, well, so, yeah, I know. But, you know, we, we try to be a bit diplomatic in the community, you know, but then every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, I agree. Every once in a while, you read a post that like this stuff sucks. You know, it just sort of oh, okay, takes you back. Well, a do you mean the post uh, like this stuff sucks, or this guy didn't do something right? Yeah, both. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Um, um, I do find that sincerity is some form of uh, you know doing the right thing. 
sometimes I do shoot my mouth off, but most times I do find that just saying things uh, uh, out loud um, can help things be better. Yeah. Uh, not bitter, better. Yeah, okay? yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, bitter is sometimes an unforeseen outcome. I agree. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, I'm from Israel. Okay, people are less diplomatic here. So <laughs> You're more like a New Yorker, you know. <laughs> not, re- not really. <laughs> I think. Well, I, I uh, guess well, I think the New Yorker sort of had the reputation, maybe in, late, earlier in the '70s and the '80s, as being, as being more, you know, that just. Uh, I think I read from um, pull no punches. I, I read in uh, from Martin Fowler, I think. Um, that one of the people he consulted with from Israel said that Israelis have, have a certain, and the word he used was frank, frankness. Okay? <laughs> frankness. Yeah. And it's a yeah. word that I haven't <laughs> used anywhere, but, um, here's the thing. If, if you use the uh, American, uh, sort of, um, talk, uh, to say something bad to, for, to an Israeli, you would come out like, Hey, I really like what you're doing. <laughs> and if you really used it, he said, "Well, what you're doing sucks." Yeah. And that's the basic difference. Okay. Uh, I mean, an American can say if it doesn't agree, he can say, "Well, yes, but no." Yeah. I mean, yes, really, but no. Yeah, I find and really would I, take that into offense in a I way. I gotta say, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really say one way or the other, but I do really find it kind of refreshing, you know, because. There, we, we are steeped in political correctness in America, and unfortunately, sometimes that has a negative aspect to it. Um, but yeah, it is kind of cool just to, you know, be able to say what you want to say. You know, you may not get a raise, but at <laughs> least <laughs> people know what you're thinking. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know what? If I'm, if I need to suck up to people to get a raise, I need to find a different job. I think there you go. I, I'm with you, man. Amen. So, Roy, where are we? Are we going to see you at TechEd Europe? You're going to to see me. I'm doing a uh, pre-conference day on Team System. Um, by the way, you were talking about Team System earlier in the show. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I host on my site at tools.ashrove.com is um, a thing called Source Server for Team System. Do you guys know what Source Server is? No. Have you heard about this? Source Server, no. Uh, have you heard about Symbol Server for Microsoft? Yes. Okay, so uh, Symbol Server, it's, it's a way to uh, get the debug symbols of the code that you're debugging while right. you're debugging it, if you, even if you didn't have them. And Source Server is a way to get the actual source for the code that you actually, for, for the code that you just got an exception for. Huh. Okay, so if you're using a, a, an application and you're, you have the connection to the Source Server on the intranet, you can actually debug through and say, well, get the source for the method that I'm calling right now. Instead of using Reflector, just get the source for this class. Now, you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what, where do you draw the line? I mean, whose source can you and can you not access? Well, that, that's, uh, that's the thing. If it's an application that your company is hosting, they can actually put the source up I on see. the server and say, well, if you're a developer using our library... You can actually use a source server to get the, 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 the code, and it will always be for the version that you're debugging right now. Hmm. From It will actually get it from source control with the exact version that you're debugging. So it will always get the exact version. That is that pretty cool. Need. And there, there, there is a source uh, a server that doesn't work with Team System. Okay, it, it does. You can install it as part of the uh, debugging tool for Windows uh, package, but... 
uh, if you're d- using Visual Studio 2005 and using the uh, source server for team system, uh, the source control for team system, there is no support for it. So what uh, a team member of a, a project that I helped manage did is he wrote a small extension, a small library that helps you, and now you actually have support for that as well. So if you actually go to my site, you can download that library with documentation and find out exactly how that works. So that's for the team system hardcore debuggers among us. Excellent. See how I got that in in like two lines? That was pretty cool. (laughs) Very slick. Roy, thank you for being on the show. uh, I know you've been listening to the show ever since we started, and uh, it's good to finally have you on and talk to you. And I can imagine the listeners are now going to be discovering iSerializable.com and all the great stuff that you've got. Uh, It's just amazing the amount of great content that's on your blog, and thank you for that. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. And thanks for being on the show. And we'll see you next week on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks can be found online at www.dotnetrocks.com and at msdn.microsoft.com slash dotnetrocks. .NET Rocks is edited each week by Jeff Maciolik, that's me, and Carl Franklin, who is also executive producer. All music heard on .NET Rocks, including Toy Boy, the theme song, is created and produced by Carl Franklin and Franklin Brothers Band. Carl never sleeps. .NET Rocks is produced for Franklin's Net by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. Plop, it's time to get your impact back. Time for- Heart